Hey, everybody. You've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, November 29th, 2022. Oh my god, the second last day of November. It's almost Christmas time. Yeah, I thought there were 31 days, and then I realized there are not 31 days, and so... This is the one. On my way here, I was like, this is the last one before the 90th anniversary. Yeah. Like, this is the last one before my Christmas movie premieres, which everyone else was thinking of, obviously. <laughs> and there was probably something else, too. But anyways, the, I don't know. The pre-December, like, I always get like this when we're at the end of a month and we're coming into another month. But specifically, December feels like more of a, like, special. Same with October, obviously. It's more of a special vibe. My favorite is there are numerous Mayfair membership cards out there Uh-oh. that, for example, would say expires November 31st, 2023. <laughs> Who did that? <laughs> I think I've done it a couple times where <laughs> oh, you kind of take the little stamper yeah. and you move the October over to November and you just don't think to change the 31 down to a 30. And there was once a few years back where I was a couple days in and stamping cards and we don't sell 200 a day, but I sold one and then I saw it and went, Oh, that's not a day. Yeah. <laughs> so people get this magic non-day secret 31st. So it's like, well, does that mean it's good till December 1st? That's what I'm wondering. They could really argue that if they wanted to, but I don't think anybody would care enough to actually do that. I don't think anyone's ever noticed. I wonder if we ever put February 31st. Oh, that, we probably that's have. That's worse, isn't it? Because aren't there 28 days in February? Yeah, because it goes January 31st <laughs> to February 28th. I totally bet you there have been... February 31st cards rolling out. And that's way worse because that's three days. You know, yeah. Three fake bonus days that they could be using. Yeah, we decorated on Sunday night. Our tradition usually is to watch the American Thanksgiving Macy's Parade okay. and decorate because that kind of falls in well because that's the end of November. It took us a couple extra days to do so just because I've been busy. So we got that bit of tradition out of the way. What was sad was it rained on Sunday night in the pre-global warming era. That would have been snow, and it would have been this beautiful snowfall happening <laughs> while we decorated our comic book spinner rack like a Christmas tree at home. Instead, I still biked here today with no signs of not biking, no. and it's almost December. And I'm not a brave, hardy winter biker, and I'm still biking. No, you're more of a sour, tough it out <laughs> type of guy, you know. Dainty, delicate. Yeah, we're still waiting on the Windows thing. That's the ongoing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I listened to the podcast from two weeks ago on the way here because I listened to last week's a few days ago, which for me, that's like not even a good story. But for me, like personally, I tried to do them in order. And then, I don't know, there had been that thing on Twitter where a guy was like, oh, recommend your movie podcast. And so I recommended ours. Oh, yeah. And then a couple of people like retweeted it and were saying nice things, which was awesome. But then because of that, I always get this thing. And if I send someone a song I recommend or something like that, I usually listen to it right then as they're listening to try to put myself in their headspace and be like, what would it be like if I was hearing this for the first time, if I was them? Then I listened to that one first. So I jumped ahead a week just to be like, oh, I wonder what it would be like if I was listening to this, like not me. And so then I was listening to the one before and I was going on about the windows. It's funny, like it's almost like a snapshot in time you know, where I'm like, oh, yeah, two weeks ago, Eric was worried about that, you know. And so that's the same thing. We're still waiting for this. And it's weird because this week is still nice. Like, as you said, you know, for especially for pre-winter, this is like balmy, you know, for, for late November. Yeah, I see some people in extra Uber denial just walking around in like a t-shirt. And I'm like, okay, well, come on. It's still zero. Yeah, but no. they're still like, ah, it's summertime. Yeah, you're talking about listening to old episodes. I am more of a fan of Kevin Smith as a podcaster than a filmmaker, which is so backhanded. And I would tiptoe around that if ever met him in person again because i met him ages ago 
But you say so if you see him again, you again, <laughs> yeah. He does this hilarious thing where he went back and he found audio recordings of himself as I think a high schooler. Oh man, where they were doing communications projects. Oh my god, I have a few of those myself. Jeez, and he self-deprecatingly he and his former producer partner scott Mosier, and they call it emo kev mm. and it's him just being sad about girls <laughs> and spouting poetry and oh being God. really serious filmmaker and it's funny to hear a middle-aged guy listen to teenage guy and just be laughing out loud so even not that far back I don't think I would ever do it. I dread going back and listening to episode one of the podcast. Oh, my God. Because it's your 10,000 hours, right? I'm comfortable in conversation now, and we've got this down, and I can set up the tech for it. I'm better at editing it, I think. I'm way too finicky at editing (laughs) it, where I could just let it slide, but I go through and I try to take out every um and like and pause. Yeah, you're like the Terrence Malick of podcasts at this yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I take three weeks to edit a 40-minute podcast. It's a bad, bad choice. I'll listen to some podcasts and they leave in the pause. And sometimes it's lengthy, yeah. like 30 seconds. And I'm like, is my podcast broken? Did I stop? So yeah, it's now especially in this world where we're all recording ourselves, I am not and will probably never get into the more video aspect of social media. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to open a TikTok account. It's just a lot of work. It seems like just being a filmmaker all the time. Yeah, no. it's And it's it's funny that you bring all that up because I was trying to listen to the latest episode, which was 403, I guess. And I accidentally clicked on 22. Whoa. And so, it, first of all, the sound quality of our opening musical thing was awful. No offense. I mean, this was That's a lot. weird. It yeah. just, the fidelity was just terrible. Like, yeah, so I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, there's lots of reasons, but you know, that wasn't that weird, but it's just, so I put it on thinking is the newest one. And I was like, God, that's, <laughs> and I'm cranking it. I was like, that sounds terrible, but yeah, who knows? And then it just starts and there's a little pause and you're just like, like, hey, everybody. Uh, and, it's all, and I was like, the hell? And I look and it was 22. And I was like, oh my God. And I ex I mean, again, no offense. You I panicked. exed out as quick as I could. It really is night and day and not anything. Well, maybe a little bit to do with me, but mostly just because, yeah, you've been doing it for so long now and it's so, you've got it down and everything. And it's like anything. I'm sure you two who have essentially been the same four person band, I think since they were 15. I'm sure they don't like going back and listening to their recordings of that long ago. Yeah. And not that the podcast was that long ago, but still, yeah, it's just, it's the problem with this stuff is you get better and better. And then you've got this recording behind you. Mm -hmm. And whether it's a published comic book that you're an artist on and 20 years later, five years later, you're going to be better. Mm -hmm. And that's just out there. You can't stop it. And I'm not going to go back and either edit or improve on <laughs> or re-record those old ones so i'm yeah. just like yeah those other first hundred are just out there fine i don't care yeah and for me like bringing it back to the high school communication stuff the main one i remember is i was kind of it'll shock you to know i was kind of known as the class clown you what? know like, <laughs> like not really like me at all you know i wanted to make movies like i literally that was what i wanted to do so in grade i think it was 12 did communications and you know we were working on stuff and so i we had to come up and make a music video basically and it, like it could be it, you didn't have to come up with the music yourself but you know i was in a group with these guys and it was like they didn't really know we had some ideas kicking them around generally 
to do, do about it, you know? And so eventually what I did was like, I kind of took all this footage that I had filmed kind of at home or we filmed some around town and stuff like that. Cut it together with footage from a Rage Against Machine video. Goes to Tom Jode or something like that. Copyright but just, infringement. Oh my God, absolutely. <laughs> and it was just, it was very much, there must not be another civil war and wherever, like Zapatistan stuff, stuff like a lot of it was just like old black and white footage that when you're in high school, you see stuff like that and you know it's serious. You don't get it really, but yeah. you're like, oh, wow. It sounds serious. You know, I can see this old footage like this is a big deal. It's that funny feeling, you know, when you're not old enough to really get stuff or understand history, but you want to be part of that. You want that gravitas. I totally pilfered clips from this stuff, put it in and cut it in between footage that I had done myself. First of all, it was funny because everyone expected it to be comedy because it was me. We played this video. People see me on screen running and like they laugh. I mean, just expecting, you know, not because it was funny because they thought it would be. And then it's switching between all the seven people are like, the minute you show like war, not war footage, but just, you know, oppressed footage, stuff like that. People are like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. And then at the end, it was just this silence and everyone clapped. It was this big <laughs> deal. And it's funny because that was big for me in a way. And it's a progression and stuff. But watching that now, I can appreciate some of the shots that I did and some of them, you know, and where I filmed that and where I was at in my life. And like some of the parts I actually did are interesting in ways. But then I'm also like, I literally just ripped off half of a Rage Against Machine video to seem more powerful than, or, you know, add some pathos that just weren't there. And so it's funny. It's kind of that same. I might not have been all woe is me, but I was totally just, oh, you know, I need to be taken seriously on my way out of this school and show <laughs> what I'm capable of. So, I mean, it worked, but it's also so cringe to watch that now. Yeah, we did communications. I was in a communications class for a couple of years. It was the easiest class. It was the class that the teacher was this lovely kind of naive guy and we'd watch movies and write reports on them and stuff. And I was in high school in the stone ages of the 1990s, which really was a different world. A communications class in the 90s is like comparing one in the 30s to now, you mm -hmm. know, I don't know what a pop culture type class was 30 years before I was in high school, but we had a radio quotient. Oh, nice. And my pal, Jan Ditchfield and I, shout out to Jan. <laughs> That's a deep cut. Love it. She's one of the few high school friends I'm still friends with. All right. All right. We paired up. She was in drama. She had more skill than I did for this sort of thing. I was in visual arts. I think we had to record a fictional radio ad and maybe some kind of news report. Okay. But... It was a whole different world. Nowadays, we're sitting here in the Mayfair office, and I'm on my normal everyday laptop with a downloaded editing thing for the podcast. And we got a couple mics and a little device to set levels on. There's a copy of the Wizard Blu-ray on the desk. A copy of the Wizard Blu-ray, which <laughs> I'm lending to Describing Eric. the room as <laughs> yeah. you look around. But once upon a time, say if we were in high school in the 90s right now, yeah. we could not do this. Not of this quality. No, it would sure. be... Way more equipment, way more time, way slower, mm -hmm. be on reel-to-reel -reel practically. <laughs> so it really is a miracle what we can pull off now. And I can't even fathom the amount of geek kids as we speak who have a podcast. Yeah. Who are in grade 10 or 11 and have a Dungeons & Dragons podcast or a chess podcast or a movie podcast. Yeah. Because you can just do it. Yeah, I did graduate in 2001, so it wasn't just to point out that it wasn't like we were in the 70s or anything like that, you know, <laughs> it was marginally better. But it's even the steps that have undergone in the last five to 10 years, oh, I mean, God. five even, you know, yeah. it's just so simple recording bands or, you know, access to cameras, all that stuff. You know, we talked about it before, but like making Evil Dead at the time was just so much blood, sweat and tears and all that. Yeah. 
not to say you can make the equivalent of that, you know, in a heartbeat now, but just all that stuff that took so long and so much pressure and all that, that's not the issue anymore. Now it's just getting the people together and getting a weekend free or whatever, you know? Well, even recording music, which I am far from knowledgeable on, but we watched the Tanya Tucker documentary and you think of somebody like Tanya Tucker on a sliding scale of the word easy to hard, recording music is easier than it once was. Absolutely. Because when she started, it was very expensive recording on reels. And if you screwed up, that reel was just done. You just wasted that. and you Real disappointment. Real disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let myself, yeah, you can edit this part out. <laughs> now it's all digital. Mm-hmm. So it's the blessing and the curse. You could do 500 takes. It doesn't matter. Just like photography as well. Like oh, it's yeah. the same exact yeah. thing. It's like, at least when you had, okay, well, I'll take three or four shots, but then you don't want to waste it or whatever. Now it's like 400 shots, but then you got to go through those. 300 of these are the same. Well, the last time I was at a sporting event, God, which was quite some time ago. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, I think uh, Gordy Howe was in his yeah. prime at that point. <laughs> no, it was a baseball game. Where did we go first? I mean, I Gordy guess... Howe playing baseball was even weirder, but still, yeah. like you were there. Gwen and I saw baseball in Atlanta, Boston, and Chicago. I think Chicago oh, was the most recent one. Those are like big parks, too. Yeah. Those are like known parks. Well, Atlanta was troublesome. Because we didn't know what we were getting into. We were just like, hey, we got the day off from work. I was riding Gwen's coattails at the time. She was working for an event design company. And we got to go to Atlanta. And so we're like, got the day off. Let's go to a baseball game. And then you're sitting there. And then there's a lot of people doing what I believe they call the tomahawk chop. Uh, yeah, that's not, it's, it's okay. You said it in quotes, so it's okay. I said it in quotes, yeah. And then I'm sitting there and just doing like the Rodney Dangerfield grabbing my collar and being like, oh, hey, oh. Oh my God. Yeah, good thing you didn't go to Cleveland. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I want to go to Cleveland, but I'm like, no. So no know. one wants to go to Cleveland. Come on. But at a baseball game, I remember witnessing somebody taking photos. I don't know whether it was for a newspaper or baseball cards, but nowadays they pull up a camera that looks like a camera, like they're not shooting on a cell phone, but they just click. <laughs> And it clicks a hundred photos. Oh God! And then takes that camera down, pulls up another camera, and goes clicky click 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 click. So you're taking an extraordinary <laughs> amount of photos, whereas before you had twenty four on a roll. Yeah. And then you would get them back to your studio, and you might go, "Oh, they're all not good." Yeah. But now you just take so many. <laughs> That one of them has to be good for a baseball card. Yeah, it is good and bad. And especially that's even before, you know, photoshopping and editing and all that, you know. So, I mean, that's a whole other argument. But just, you know, just to say, like, it is, even though with all the easiness or the relative, you know, technology that we get into these things, that's not the issue anymore. It's still like a quality, quantity type scenario, you know. Yeah. It really does depend who's working on it and what goes into it, which sort of works into what I went through this past weekend. Oh, yeah. You know, I won't give too many details because... I mean, nothing may come of this, but the long short of it is my sister-in-law is producing or we're trying to produce a, a movie, a horror movie. And so she got me involved just because she knew I'm a horror fanatic and I literally wanted to make movies 20 years ago, which is why I came to Ottawa. And then instead, the closest I came was working at the Mayfair and, Close enough. <laughs> and being in Lee's movie, you know, I mean, I've been, you know, yeah. so I've dabbled in it, but it's sort of funny because that's just kind of a thing where that would have been cool. But I kind of got to a point where I was like, I prefer the stability of a job and not having to be like, oh, I hope this comes together or not moving to Vancouver, not moving to Toronto, all that. I made my choice and, you know, it is what it is. I still like dabbling in background stuff, all like that. But anyway, so she, so she came along. I threw around some ideas. Like, it's kind of been kicked around. So we went to Toronto this weekend for a whirlwind 24 hours. My God. Pitching ideas, coming up with treatments, all this stuff. And so it's, it's fingers crossed that it'll happen. But it was very interesting because, like, I don't know. It was like 
a taste of that of what screenwriters seem to go through which is just like you come up with the, these ideas everyone's like that's really good i really like this here's some ideas and then you got about five other people who are just like what about this what about this what about this and you're just like i have no more power than any well i have less power than any of them do actually and so you're just you're juggling this thing and, and by the time you know it progresses and progresses your ideas are sifted through a thing and it becomes a whole other thing which is fun i mean that's movies that's what that is you know unless you're making it yourself everything self-funded that happens you got to collaborate like it's it's just the nature of the beast you know so it's been it's been interesting. It's still, it might become nothing. It's been an interesting experience. It's been fun to be involved with, but it's, it's funny, just the microcosm of what you have to go through with the amount of people you have to collab with just to hope that you can get off the finish line. It's because you and I've talked about it before, how hard it is to make movies, how hard it is to make art, to finish a product of something is just, even if it's not the exact idea you started with, it's hard to get anything made. Yeah. You get to a point where you just, you can't be selfish or defensive about your ideas because at the end of the day, you might put years into something and then it falls apart in the first place, you know? So it's like, at this point, it's just, it's a fun story. I hope it comes through. If it does, you know, we'll go from there. But it's funny to think, oh, wow, I thought that I would do this and now I might and now I won't, you know, it's up in the air. So yeah, being at the other end of that, you know, starting out from making a, a ripoff music video <laughs> where I owe Rage Against the Machine a huge apology to now <laughs> trying to actually use all my years of knowledge of horror movies and working on movies and all this to try to push something across the finish line. Wow. I have a lot of respect for uh, people like you who deal with this in the regular basis trying to get art made. It's so hard. I have a friend in Toronto and he's a successful screenwriter, does a lot of televisions, done a few movies, and he's always tired. <laughs> and he's always stressed out. Does he have kids by any chance? And he has kids. Okay, yeah, there's there's that. So there's that too. So he's done a few TV movies, a cop show, that kind of stuff. And so it's great. Like, he's successful, but it's so hard. It's mm -hmm. so hard. And I have such respect for anybody who gets in. Kind of like you were saying of the collaborative kind of thing is one of my dreams came true, and I got a story credit on an episode of DC Superhero Girls. Which is huge for you. Like, oh. the, the comic book tie-in is just amazing. And it's a Flash episode called Hashtag Flash Forward Flash Back. You could watch it on YouTube. Not Flash Tag? No. Was that debated at any time? So talk about debating. The people I worked with, loveliest people in the world. Yeah. The animation company is a local one here in town called Jamfield, which have done all kinds of yeah. cool stuff. You'll see their logo on all kinds of projects. You know friends there too, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I knew people who were working on this DC project. Never be afraid to put yourself forward because I basically jokingly said to them, as they were here doing a private rental screening of one of their cartoons where their animators were coming to watch their stuff on the big screen. And they were talking about this DC project. And I just kind of half jokingly said, well, if you need any tips, I know a lot about DC comics. <laughs> so if you need any background on Plastic Man or Blue Beetle, I'm your guy. Our like origin stories are like the same for these projects. Oh, you've got a giant brain for this exact <laughs> yeah. type of knowledge. Here you go. So they pitched... I don't think I'm exaggerating. They pitched maybe hundreds of ideas because they were these little three-minute, four-minute short shorts. And my friend came to me and said, you got any ideas? We need ideas. You know I do. So <laughs> I pitched a couple dozen ideas and oh did a goodness. Zoom call with them. And like off the top of your head or you got, it took a little I, time? I took a little time to write them down, but a lot of them were that old Hollywood style where you're sitting in a room <laughs> and you're like, Flash has a lamp yeah, yeah, and like, a desk chair. Maybe one time he doesn't go fast. Yeah. You're like, huh, interesting. So I pitched a bunch of ideas and 
in this situation, you just have to not be negative, but not get your hopes up. Just oh, go, this was fun. This was cool. Thanks to them for letting me have this opportunity. So they got back to me a little while later and were like, one got through. So out of their oh. billion ideas, I forget what the season was, 22 got through. And out of my ideas, one got through. And every idea they said they worked on was just notes from Warner Brothers, notes from DC, notes yeah. from the animation company. Nothing was easy. Nothing got through on, that's good, go ahead. Every single idea got dissected. So my idea, of which my short, like you said, it's not all me, but I'm in there. Yeah. And not even being humble, but I just thought, well, I'm not officially on the team. I was just this outsider guy. Then my friend told me I'm actually getting a credit on it. And then I was just like, well, it's all downhill from here. Like, <laughs> And I know it's not writing a whole season. I know it's not writing the Flash movie. And it sounds very, it's a wonderful life. But if you would have told five-year-old me that in my 40s, I got to write a horror miniseries for a comic book company that went really well and got a couple things published in anthologies and wrote a Flash cartoon, I'd be like, well, you did it. And then if I said, oh, and you helped run the Mayfair, it'd be like, hey. Yeah, seriously. No, <laughs> so, it's funny like how parallel that is with what I went through. Yeah, you have these ideas and everyone's positive about it, but none of them go by without notes from whoever. Like, yeah, the, yeah. like the studio, the other people. Literally, you can't afford to be selfish. And especially just because like, it's a gift at all to be involved, like you said. You know, for me, especially being a horror movie i mean if it wasn't i probably wouldn't be involved at all just it wouldn't have been mentioned yeah if, if she was working on like a hallmark movie yeah yeah even so maybe if it was a hallmark christmas movie you might be like hey i got a lot of ideas well <laughs> yeah. and it's funny too because on the one hand it's like yeah i haven't been writing screenplays for the last 20 years or anything like that but i mean i see literally three to five hundred movies a year you know i don't have kids so i just like i watch a lot of movies and i know what works and what doesn't you know i'm not some genius or anything but it's like i'm a good audience member dictating people aren't gonna like this thing or like i guess the, the other thing too is like i'm on twitter and online a lot yeah. so i see the complaints and yes the loudest people usually are the most difficult to reason with but i know what upsets the majority of people and stuff like that you can't always work around that but there was a very much fake it till you make it mentality to some of this because as i'm going along working on this i'm like addressing what doesn't work what you need to make sense of you know not to get high on myself or whatever i was like ah, actually she did a good job coming to me use myself or don't but it's good to have someone in the room who's actually a horror fan you know what well, i mean and the amount of times i've heard a story of a filmmaker or a musician or an actor who fake it till they make it yeah where it's that cliche story but it's true where the director will be on set and lean over to somebody and be like i know what i'm doing but i need help mm -hmm. and a lot of times don't be shy to get help from your cinematographer and your editor and your actors. And it's like that in anything of you hear these stories of, can you ride a horse? Yes. <laughs> and then you just got to go learn to ride a horse because you've just been cast in a Western. Yeah. And if you would have said no, they might have said no to you. Well, that's kind of, the, that's the thing. You say whatever to make this work to any degree. And I mean, I, I would, I mean, it'd be so cool. Like they were talking, like if this happens, they'd probably shoot it up north, which is even crazier. Cause like I grew up up north. So I'm just like, ah, this is really a thing, you know? So ah, I get the feeling maybe it'll be one of those things that if it happens, maybe I wasn't involved at all. Or if I, it's just a whole other thing. But like you said, you know, like to be 40 and then have this stuff that you kind of are just like, I don't want to say it out loud, but deep down, I think this won't ever happen. Yeah. You know, to get even any modicum of something out of that, even working on Lee's movie, stuff like that, like that's just, I like collecting experiences, you know? And so it's like, maybe I'll never hold a boom mic on another movie set. Who knows? But like, I got to do that. I really like 
helping other people make movies because having made a bunch of short films and stuff it's hard because you get it out there you get into a couple film festivals and then nothing happens and it's so much work but i like helping other people because man the stress is down oh for sure i can show up hold a boom mic for lee help him wrangle some extras do some social media for <laughs> him eat a muffin whatever <laughs> yeah and then you're just like i'm going home yeah that's why i mean i played drums in my buddy's band for three years because i got tired of corralling everybody for my own music and so oh, he would worst. just come to my house jam like i would literally roll out of bed go play drums for his songs and then that was it that took such pressure off of me it's hard. Oh, lugging instruments uh, across town and trying to get everyone into stuff. It really is hard when you're trying to spearhead your idea and convince, my God, like it's hard enough in a band for a movie project, even a short film. I can't imagine because you just got to be like, oh, you need this angle here and you know, that special effect there and this and that and like the extras and all this. The bigger it gets, the bigger headache it must be. Like I can only imagine. That's why I like comic books because it's still a lot of work and you're still dealing with artists and editors and distribution and everything, but you don't got to worry that it's going to rain. Yeah. And I've been in that situation where it's raining or where an actor gets sick or whatever. So for me, for the time being, I'm like, oh, writing is so much more funner because yeah. I can write a plane crash and that didn't cost anything. Yeah, just constant plane crashes in <laughs> yeah. all of your projects. We're like, okay, we get it. You love the plane crash. <laughs> so let us chat about movies we are screening at the Mayfair. The week of December 2nd, 2022. The 90th anniversary week. 90th anniversary week. Yes. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. First up, our Canadian content for the week is a highly acclaimed movie called Rosie, which is about an orphaned indigenous girl living with street smart francophone auntie and her two gender bending friends in 1980s Montreal. Oh my God. That all sounded amazing. This covers the bases. I love this. So you got French Canadian. Yeah. You've got indigenous. Indigenous. Love that. You've got an LGBT quotient. Yeah. Seems very female empowered. So talk about covering yeah. all your Canadian independent film bases to support. And as I always joke, and if you come see this movie, you're supporting both an independent film and an independent cinema. Is it gender bending and genre bending too? I would say so. Okay. So you get that? That's, <laughs> you get that, that how, too. how many of those do you get? It looks like a lot of fun. It was a TIFF People's Choice Award nominee. And yeah, the kind of movie that we like getting on screen here to support the Canadian content here and independent film all at the same time. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Then we have Call Jane, new film, which is about a married woman with an unwanted pregnancy in a time in America where she can't have a legal abortion Ooh. and teams up with a group of suburban women to find help. I'm not sure what era this is set in, the 60s huh. or the 70s? But it's a period piece a regardless. Period piece, yeah. And Sigourney Weaver is in it. Wow. So I'm going to see it because oh. I'm pretty sure Sigourney Weaver is my favorite actress. That's, that sounded more like a question than a statement that you went I'm, up at the end. Yeah, I'm bad with picking a favorite because I like a lot of people, but it's Sigourney Weaver. It's Jamie Lee Ju Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis, Julianne Moore. Mm. There's a lot. There's just those three. But Sigourney Weaver, I think, through my life, if you go through Alien and yeah. Ghostbusters, just those two films. And then the last few years, I really like how she just kind of shows up in cool little cameos and stuff like Paul or Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. She really knows who she is and has fun doing little cool stuff or geek stuff. Mm -hmm. But then we'll do a movie like this, like kind of an important recent historical drama. Then we have the Ottawa premiere of Hunt. It's a action-packed Korean spy thriller. It is with Lee Jung-jae. 
Nice. I think you got that right. The star of Squid Game. Ah, okay. Which, like everything in my life, I'm so busy. <laughs> I think we're only four episodes into Squid Game. I know oh it's like God. the biggest show of all time. Yeah. So I've made it this far without spoilies, but it's funny that I'm not going to finish Squid Game before seeing this movie starring the Squid Game guy. Yeah, it's one of those things that, you know, it's already been greenlit for a season two, as you know. Yeah, so it's like, so... you know, not everyone dies, but at the same time, and I can't even remember how many episodes it is. Like, it's eight, you know, maybe 10. Yeah, not to make you feel bad, but it's been so long since I finished it. God, <laughs> I don't know. Like the rest of the world, Josh. I'm so busy. And now we're in the holiday season. So I want to watch holiday season stuff. So that pushes everything else to the back burner for a little while. It's kind of holiday-ish, you know? <laughs> is I mean, there any Christmas? Oh, wait, is there? there the, well, there's that sugar cookie challenge. That, yeah. And that's not a spoiler. I don't, I don't no. know. And so, I mean, that's kind of Christmas cookie-ish. I couldn't remember if in the opening part when he's with his daughter who he's a bad father to was there a christmas scene there oh yeah isn't he talking about getting her a gift or something yeah maybe it is christmas okay we'll have to think on that we'll have to, yeah okay <laughs> actually christmas we kick off our holiday season horrors with silent night deadly night amazing it's funny because somebody was asking at one point are you showing any classics and i was like no <laughs> just stabby films yeah which is a classic you know <laughs> but it's... they're coming they're coming next week for sure for me, well, I was going to say it's well-established. Like, I'm not, like, I'm some big shot. Yeah. But, but as you know, I'm a bigger fan of the second one because it has, like, a best of of the first one and then the comedy of the second one, which is, like, obviously terrible. But it's so funny. But, no, this is, like, it had been so long since I'd been watching, well, I watched the second one every year. And it had been so long since I'd seen the first one actually just straight through. And I, th I think maybe it was last year that I finally did it. And it's just, it's so funny to watch. You understand the outrage of the time, you know, right. like trying to see it through a lens of a parent, just like, well, Santa Claus could never be wrong, you know, even though he was a concoction of the Coca-Cola company or whatever it yeah. was, you know? And so like watching it, it is a blast. It's harder nowadays. The older it gets, the more kind of silly the controversy becomes. But at the same time, it, it's remembered for a reason. Like, it's not just like some garbage, you know, like it, it is entertaining. I mean, it's kind of the best it could have been for what it is. Wow, it's 1984. For some reason, yeah. I thought it was a couple years older than that. No, nah, it's... Because what's Halloween? Halloween 78? Uh, Yeah, exactly. Because right in the tagline, it says, you survived Halloween, now get ready for Christmas or whatever. Yeah. Friday the 13th was 80, I think. And, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street was 84, I believe. So, so it's it came like... on the heels of... Halloween and Friday the 13th specifically. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and it's not super similar to those movies. No. Like, I mean, there's stock and slash, but it's like, it's, it's interesting. Cause it's like, it's one of those movies that has a, well, I was going to say protagonist. That is an antagonist that you sort of feel for. Like right. he got really hard done by it. Like he got screwed up and then people keep being like, yeah, Santa killed your parents in front of you, but dress up like him. What are you being a jerk about it for? It is interesting that there is that through line between Halloween and Friday the 13th and Silent Night, Deadly Night of the kid grown up into the killer yeah, taking on something that messed him up when he was a kid. Not yeah. to defend them. Well, but... no. <laughs> well, and also Mother Superior was a jerk. Like she is <laughs> yeah. awful. Like I think we all wanted to kill her to just to be fair. And this is another movie from our friends at Agfa, another beautiful digital restoration of a masterpiece that would have gone to the wayside without them for sure and there was for a long time the uncut versions were basically vhs quality and the the only version that we got was a was a cut you know still entertaining but you know missing certain naughty bits they call them and so now it's like we we end up scream a couple of years back ended up doing a 2k scan but the uncut stuff was included but wasn't the same quality like so it looked it still looked okay but you know you could see slightly different you know the colors were a little off whatever 
But since that time, they rediscovered an uncut print. And though now we have like a beautiful 4K flawless, like this is as of, I think two years ago, Max, where they actually found this perfect, perfect version. So now when you watch it, we're so like hard done by, you know, we're like, oh no, the colors aren't exactly the same, but now we get, and it's the same with My Bloody Valentine, you know, and that's where that uncut version of that is just beautiful and it blended in. But for a long time, the uncut version we got was just like, once it switches to the more gory parts, you're like, wow, this was taken from a VHS. Oh yeah. It's just, so it's nice, you know, it's like, like we really are very spoiled. And I found good. a couple of those pictures that I'm going to post on social media of 1980s people protesting it <laughs> of course and they're just funny because they look kind of like your lovely aunt and uncle yeah kind of standing outside a cinema with smiles on their faces <laughs> but with protest signs saying santa doesn't kill or whatever they never learn whether it be protesting kiss or dungeons and dragons or silent night or terrifier 2 or terrifier 2 if you tell a group of people not to go see something all it's gonna do is make them do everything in their power to go see that movie or get that Dungeons and Dragons book or listen to that Kiss album. It's all your fault. It would have just gone away. They never would have noticed. But you tell some 1980s 15-year-old to not see Silent Night, Deadly Night, guess what they're going to try to do on Friday? Go see Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, and hopefully we'll get some people protesting the theater to oh, drive up business. You know? Oh, that'd be so cool. Let's just do it. Let's uh, plant it be so good i am in no way involved with this theater but bad movie boo don't go see it i'm gonna protest that we're not playing part two. Oh yeah <laughs> so then as mentioned it is our actual 90th anniversary on december 5th 2022 so cool so in honor of that we have been screening a countdown of on the twos 72 62 etc best picture winners so we did the godfather lawrence of arabia greatest show on earth casablanca and now we're doing grand hotel which i've never seen don't know much about but it was the best picture winner in 1932 and it's I think just kind of a comedic drama character piece set around a hotel. Almost sounds kind of what Wes Anderson just yeah, did like, a little while ago. Yeah, Grand Budapest Hotel. I was yeah, going to say, I've yeah. seen that one, but not the one that doesn't have Budapest in the title. And it's just, it really is so lovely to watch a criterion caliber, beautiful restoration of a movie that I'm not sure about this, but I don't think has been on our screen in the last 90 years and if it was it was giant reels that someone was lifting up there yeah i don't remember ever hearing about it in my lifetime anyhow it's definitely the first time it's been here in decades yeah it's so fun to watch something from 90 years ago it really is magic i'm listening to a grant morrison book one of my favorite writers and amongst the context of the story he's talking about how the word glamour comes from grammar because at one point in history just the simple fact of writing and recording stories and then repeating them that you knew how to read that you knew how to write blew people's minds and that's kind of how magic came to be just oh wow how magical that he can give us imagination when we have none so now i just i really get maudlin about watching a 90-year-old movie in a 90-year-old cinema. Yeah, absolutely. And even if it's not, I mean, it was the best picture winner, but, you know, I was going to say, even if it's not the greatest movie, you yeah. know, just seeing something of that time is just crazy today. There weren't that many movies back then. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, they only had five, and this yeah. was most of them, you know? So, yeah, so that's super fun, so I hope you can make it out to that. People always ask, oh, you're doing something special for the 90th? And it really is our humble brag, is we're just really doing our best to always do something special. Yeah. So, yes, this is celebrating our 90th, but we're just going to continue to have special things in our 91st and... 
beyond. Yeah, you're not getting a huge sheet cake. I know you're trying to get a huge sheet cake, but that's not happening. And I'm hoping, I don't know the answer to this, but hopefully you or Lee might do a little speech before the movie on the 5th. I don't know. Yeah, something. Like, yeah, because it's that takes nothing. I know you like doing little speeches, so that's little, really quick fun. little speech. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Drop the mic. Yeah, yeah. 90 years, no sheet cake. <laughs> Watch the movie. And just having got here on the heels of covid which we are not on the heels of a couple of my friends have it as we speak oh but, good yeah that uh, sucks <laughs> yeah like on a sliding scale they're not in the hospital or anything but it keeps popping up but that we made our way through all the lockdown that we made our way through having a multiplex open next door all the things that people say oh our streaming service is going to kill you oh are you gonna get torn down and turn into condos etc etc that we're still we're still here no no that's not what is going to be what kills us. It's going to be like a pack of wild dogs or something much more elaborate. The only thing allowed to kill us is a kaiju monster stepping on us. That's that the only way I'm going to be happy. Or perhaps Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we'll keep on doing special things like the rest of our holiday horrors. We're also screening Black Christmas. And mm -hmm. then, although not holiday themed, the composer's cut of oh. The Beyond. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I guess I could still, I could make that into a Christmas movie somehow. I can't do it right now, but I'll find an angle. Then we have Saturday morning cartoons coming up. Ooh. Oh, Deadly Games coming up, which is so much fun. Really good movie. And then for our actual non-murdery holiday season films, we have real some rarities that have just come into being available. We Are No Angels with Humphrey Bogart from the director of Casablanca. Oh, yeah. It's a Wonderful Life, which we screen every year and packs the place. Got to. The Lemon Drop Kid with Bob Hope mm -hmm. and Three Godfathers, which is a away in a manger Western kind of. Yeah, like the original Three Men and a Baby, but yeah. not actually. <laughs> Strange that that's on the poster somehow. Yeah, weird. But I love, like, especially Lemon Drop Kid. How many people have never heard of this movie, don't know it exists, Yeah. but when it came out was a big comedy blockbuster kind of a movie. For sure. The poster is Bob Hope in a Santa costume in jail. <laughs> And God, nowadays, I barely know who Bob Hope is. Yeah. So anyone in their 20s doesn't know what a Bob Hope is. No, no, it's, it's true. So it's so fun to get to see that. Is there uh, any confirmation on Polar Express, possibly? I can confirm nor deny that <laughs> the Polar Express screening happened. Oh, it, uh, it happened? Yeah. So what happened was the company that normally puts it on uh -huh. merged with another company. Okay. The person who usually runs this screening is now retired and gone oh really but in the contract i got all this gossip uh, yeah this is awesome in the contract the polar express screening would live on they <laughs> oh, didn't book they it. didn't die though like no 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 okay they didn't book it in time or properly so they wanted to have it as a private screening uh, okay which is completely above board but means you can't advertise or oh. give out tickets or whatever oh the vagaries of this are awesome so in doing so they invited their family and friends and clients and whatever. Okay. So had about 50 people a show versus the normal oh 300 people a yeah. show. So I had extra help on the candy bar, which was not needed. <laughs> but now these lovely new people running this company hopefully will come back. And with no disrespect to Mr. Zemeckis, <laughs> oh. I kind of joked with them about, oh my God, you can come back and just do any Christmas movie now, right? Like yeah. you can do Elf or A Christmas Story or White Christmas. And I told them this, maybe do something else next year. Yeah, 5% discount if you don't pick Polar <laughs> don't Express. Pick Polar Express. <laughs> so again, I can confirm nor deny that it happened as a private rental. Wow. So I got to listen to it anyhow. I was going to say, were you the one working it? I was working okay, it, Okay, so you have to appreciate the irony that of all people, it was, it was you, me. the biggest hater <laughs> of Polar Swan Express. song. Oh my God, that's amazing. 
It really is, if I can give it a not neutral review, <laughs> if any movie deserved a special edition that I might give a second chance to might. would be Polar Express. <laughs> because you know people get all up in arms about Star Wars special edition yeah. or whatever. This one, though, it really is comparable to Polar Express is a PlayStation 1 game. And I don't know, what's PlayStation up to now? Five? Uh, yeah. Or do they still call it a number? I'm I, out of the loop. They got to stop soon. That just happened with Scream. The new Scream is Scream oh, yeah. 6. And they weren't going to call it Scream 6, but then they did. It's Scream VI. You know? So confusing. And then the, the M is like the V and the I. So it's like yeah. still called Scream, but it's actually Scream 6. Anyways. Yeah. So I have a Ghostbusters video game that was special editioned. And it looks a lot better than it did initially because they did their best to fix up the uncanny valiness of it. Right. And that's the biggest thing with Polar Express is I think a couple 15-year-olds in high school computer class could probably make it look better nowadays. <laughs> so yeah, it happened. We will have other worthy Christmassy holiday season films for you to watch, whether you like the horror movie variety or the classic variety coming up really soon. Yeah. Well, and don't dwell on the fact that you missed out on your small popcorn and your screening of that movie you've seen 15 times. Like, yeah. it's, nobody knew about it, so don't worry. Just come buy a popcorn. It's fine. Yeah, you're allowed. <laughs> Okay, so let's wrap things up. Thanks for listening, everybody. You can find more information about these upcoming films that we've mentioned and other ones at mayfairtheater.ca and on all the social media stuff. Advanced tickets are at events.com. Please feel free to take a moment to give us a nice review or retweet or re-Facebook or whatever. And we will see you soon here for a bunch of holiday season movies as we wrap up 2022 and our 90th year. Thanks, everybody. Hooray. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, and don't forget my Christmas movie plays next Wednesday, December 7th on VH1. I think it's in the States, but still. You can't watch VH1 here. It must be on something here. It's going to be good. It's All I Didn't Want for Christmas. Okay, that's the only movie you're allowed to watch at home is All I Didn't Want to Watch for Christmas. <laughs> all I Didn't Want to Do. And watch out for me in a dance sequence, which is 100% real. So we need this. I can't believe it's real. Uh, I'm sorry. The night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. Remember, he only looks like Santa Claus. You've made it through Halloween. Now try and survive Christmas. Silent night, deadly night, rated R. Starts Friday at a theater near you.